Last episode, we were at Casa de Luz in Austin. We learned about healing macrobiotic food. But how do you grow such nutrient-rich foods? Apparently, it starts with nutrient-rich living soil. Let's figure out why farm dirt in Houston can't make their soil fast enough to keep up with its demand, and how we can start making this highly microbial living soil on our own. Let's check it out. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Austin Haynes with the Waking Justice Project. In today's podcast, we'll interview a true revolutionary who's making evolutionary change in their community. Resilient communities are the core building blocks of a just and sustainable global society. And the foundation of a resilient community is a just and sustainable local food economy. It's why the global revolution starts at home at local farms and community gardens, at grocery co-ops and local food hubs, in your own garden, in your kitchen, and on your plate. The local food supply chain is the foundation of a self-reliant community, and resilient, self-reliant communities are the core building blocks of a just and sustainable new society, a new social system that will make this existing system of corruption obsolete. That is the revolution we seek. The real revolution is a strategic, non-violent revolution. It builds self-reliance and community resilience. The real revolution is a local revolt. A lot of folks are getting into gardening and farming right now because of COVID. And we believe it's a very important thing for all of us to be farming and gardening at the local level. But a lot of people are just now learning what all goes into producing healthy crops and delicious food. This episode is about compost, which plays a major role in the health of your soil and therefore your plants. It's where the soil gets its food from. There's two big approaches to compost, conventional and organic. The way the organic industry does it uses plant matter and dirt mixed all together with blood mill, bone mill, feather mill, fish emulsion, and other factory farm byproducts. It puts all that biological material together and lets it essentially cook over time in a big pile. And out of that comes that notoriously stinky compost smell that a lot of people are familiar with. This dude, Danny, at Farm Dirt, has a completely different approach. It's a plant-based approach. Maybe it's more natural. It's the way nature actually operates. And he's perfected not just the community business model, but the formula for a really great, high-quality, plant-based compost that doesn't include any animal inputs from the animal industry, but is highly sought after to help gardeners and farmers produce really great food with a high nutrient value. Today, we'll examine the story of Danny Wilson and let him explain to us what compost is, why it plays such an important role in the production of nutrient-dense crops, and how you can make this high-quality, nutrient-rich soil additive on your own. Today, we're in Houston, Texas, and we're at a place called Farm Dirt, and this is a really cool operation Maybe you could just start by telling us a little bit about farm dirt. I'd been in landscaping and saw that, you know, soil was the key, you know, to growing healthy plants. Mm -hmm. And so I started composting at my house. I got better and better at it. 
people started saying you should sell this stuff. Ended up, you know, getting old produce from grocery stores and then got more and then they asked, can you take all of it? And that's kind of where it started. So y'all make really high quality compost here. Definitely. We talked to your dad a couple days ago uh -huh. and he was saying that basically y'all's demand is like through the roof. Like you can't make enough can't compost make right. to get it out to the community fast enough. Exactly. So what is it about your compost that makes it so special? So we focus on the biology. So we're not just trying to break the stuff down enough to say we can sell it. We're trying to really increase the level of beneficial bacteria, fungi, etc. that are the real workers that do the actual work in the soil. Mm -hmm. And that's what we focus on. So we just focus on getting consistently higher numbers of the biology. And it does have you know, good levels of nutrients in it as well. But if you have the biology, then they can come in and when you apply it, then the, that biology can make, continue making soil, continue making nutrients out of the leaves that fall on your property, the soil that you already have on your property, etc. It just kind of infiltrates, you know, what's already there. So it's kind of like, I liken it to if you're going to make something and you go to the pantry and there's not quite all the ingredients and you just kind of hobble it together, mm -hmm. you're not, it's not going to quite taste the way you're expecting it to. But if you got a full pantry, you can just pick whatever you need, you're going to make exactly what you want. Well, the plants need a certain spectrum of nutrients and they form relationships with microbes over eons, you know, uh, billions of years. And so what happens is they attract the specific type of uh, microbes that will uh, mine out and produce the specific nutrients that they need. So if you don't have a huge you know, showcase of microbes in the soil, you're not gonna get the nutrients that you need. So we're just plant-based. We're purely plant-based. It's all fruits and vegetables, leaves and wood chips. And so we mix it all together in a specific ratio. We always put back what we call the overs. So when we screen out the compost through the machine and we get the sticks and things that are too large to go through what we're actually screening out as our product, mm -hmm. we take some of those and we seed it into the new mix. So we take those, those are now, they've gone through the process for months. They're now like microbial hotels, you know? And so we're putting those back into the pile along with the other things we mix in there. That's what actually helps keep the numbers increasing because we're always putting in more, uh, the same biology that we've been building for, you know, almost seven years now, uh -huh. we put more of that back in and we're just continually doing that process. So wow. that's what actually seeds it and gets it started, you know. Uh -huh. So the difference between what we do and typically what you may get at like Lowe's or Home Depot is that a lot of those are manure based from feedlots. And so that's one of the primary ingredients in there. But ours is primarily uh, plant-based. And so it's fruits and vegetables, leaves and wood chips, um, some grains, and that's it. So it's kind of well known that fruits are like one of the highest density foods as far as vitamins go and vegetables, green leaves, and that kind of thing are the highest density mineral concentrations you can get. And so we can combine those. I think that's where we get some of our high nutrient content because we don't water it down with other things. You know, we're not putting soil in there. We're not putting other uh, additions in there to cut it. Uh, we're not uh, putting lower nutrient value things in there. We're putting the two highest nutrient dense things that there are and uh, making the compost out of that. So the difference between what we're doing as far as making the compost this way with the plant-based materials and like standard, let's say organic compost, 
is that that's going to have a high concentration of manure, blood meal, bone meal, that kind of thing in there. We want to keep it plant-based, but we feel like the vitamin mineral content in it is the highest, focusing on just the plant material. So, Okay, so just so we're clear, can you let everybody know what is compost and what is so unique about your formula of compost? The reason we use compost and the reason it helps with like the gardening and farming and such is mainly because of the microbes. Um, uh, it's There's billions and billions of these things in the compost. And so they're there, uh, they make all the processes happen. So we think that we actually feed plants, even when we're doing things organically, we think we're actually feeding the plants. We're not actually feeding the plants. It's not the soil, it's the microbes. The microbes are the ones that actually digest those nutrients, excrete the waste products, and those waste products come out plant-ready nutrients that the plant can use. So it's actually a whole cycle that's happening where we think we're we think we're actually, you know, uh, giving it directly to the plant, but it's a roundabout process. So that's why it's important to have a, a good compost that's got a huge consortium of microbes in there so that everything can happen the way it needs to. The plant can choose what it needs. Wow. So it's almost like its own little ecosystem down there. It is. It's a complete ecosystem. And I mean, you can actually see it happen when you put it down on soil. You can even put it on soil. It doesn't look like it's got any life in there. And within a short time after having some highly microbial compost there on the soil, you can actually dig down to the bottom and you'll actually dig a little bit into your previously dead soil and you'll actually, it starts looking like the compost because they're like actually infiltrating into the soil and changing the structure. Awesome. Yeah, so these things are like digesting the nutrients but and they're secreting, they're secreting uh, glues that help hold them to the particles mm -hmm. that they're working on. And then those glues end up holding each other together. So that's why in a healthy soil and, and compost, when you actually hold it, you're not seeing a pile of dust. You're actually seeing little balls of soil. What looks like little balls, that's because of the, um, the glues that the microbes secrete. And so that's what gives it structure. And that's what helps keep the soil from washing away. You know, there's a lot of issues in farming in general where uh, you know, the soil is just blowing away and washing away because it has no structure anymore. And so bringing in the compost, which brings in the microbes, actually restructures the soil and holds it in place, helps hold it in place. Okay, very cool. So what got you into this? How did you get so well-versed in compost and in gardening and all this stuff? How'd that come up in your life? So I've been involved in landscaping at various levels for about 20 years or so. And so I started noticing that the issues with insects and disease and things like that actually start with the soil. And so if you get the soil right, you have a healthier plant and therefore you have less problems. And so from a landscaping perspective, that's less time spent on the same job. And then in gardening and farming, that translates into higher production, you know, when you're producing food producing crops. So I was gardening at the house, making my own compost, and yeah, eventually got to where I was making the large amounts of it. Cool, so it wasn't a trade at first. You were just kind of like, you were, were you a landscaper? Was, like, I was by a landscaper, trade? yes. Okay. Yeah, so it started with the trade, and also the gardening was on the side. I just liked doing it. Mm -hmm. And then it more became uh, more intensely focused on the composting and the soil. So, and then the more plant-based foods I started eating, the more compostable material I started having to compost, so my piles started getting bigger. Okay. So at first I was focusing, when I first started composting, I started focusing on 
books and they were talking about carbon nitrogen ratios and all this stuff and you know I would try to work it out like that and I never got anywhere and when I finally just set the books aside and just started really looking at the compost and trying different things and just getting into it and seeing what worked and what didn't work I remember I was finally able to get my pile up to like 145 degrees like my backyard pile you know it was just a small pile but I did it right so yeah. that's when I really learned how to compost from there when I got into doing compost as a business that's when I started applying the more engineered techniques of using the aeration okay so what was that transition like from just you know doing it on your own and learning step by step into thinking like hey this could be a really neat business for me what was that transition like so I was working at this landscape company and like I said was doing the composting on the side at my house and uh, getting scraps from Whole Foods and other places and then um, and then I finally got to where I was doing really well at it I got a call one day from Whole Foods and said hey can you take all of our produce scraps not just a few and so I said yeah sure and so I tapped out some numbers and I looked at it and said I think I can make this happen and so we started picking up from Whole Foods in a trailer Wow so yeah we started picking up pallet loads of stuff so yeah, basically, I mean, we get our inputs for the compost from the local waste stream. So it's grocery stores, restaurants, places like that, food production facilities, and also the tree trimmers that, you know, keep the power lines clear. But these are more small scale places that we go and pick up from. Mm -hmm. um, and then like the, the tree trimmers will dump their wood chips there. And if they don't have a place close, you know, that does some kind of recycling with it they'll just take it to the landfill so basically that's where we get our inputs you know to make our mix and I know the Houston Galveston area we produce just in general this area if you averaged it all out the amount of organic waste you know grass tree trimmings food everything we produce about the equivalent of 56 rail cars of waste every single day seven days a week Wow and only about 6% of that is recycled as compost. So that's how much that's how much stuff is being landfilled that's not being turned into compost and soil products, mulch and things like that. So there's a lot of different things you can do with it. I mean, you can compost it, but also with like the wood-based products, you can create biochar with it. So I don't know if you're familiar with biochar. No, tell us about it. So biochar, it's a technique that's been used um, for hundreds of years, you know, and to create a soil that was called terra preta long ago. And so basically they would burn their agricultural waste in a certain way that didn't burn it all up into the atmosphere as ash. It would burn it at high temperatures, but they do it in a low oxygen environment. So they would cover the piles with soil or clay or something and so they would burn the waste it would burn off all the impurities and what they were left with is just the carbon skeleton of the tree waste or whatever kind of waste it was and so that carbon didn't burn up into the atmosphere it was then crushed and mixed into soil mixed into compost and that's what they created their soil out of so what that does is that creates a bunch of living areas kind of it's kind of cave spaces in there it's something like if you took a, an inch of biochar like a square inch or something and folded out all those folds all those caves you would have like a football field worth of space in there 
because it saw these micro pores. Well, anyway, the microbes go in there, they set up shop, the nutrients get trapped in there, and so then you have all these microbe ecological systems inside each piece of biochar, and so they're like biological hotspots. And so when a root finds that, it's like a buffet, you know? Yeah. So basically it gives the microbes a place to live and also this stuff lasts like apparently thousands of years in the soil is what we're told. Wow, okay. Yeah. It sounds like basically in our current system we have a lot of kind of natural resources that are going to waste. As you said, uh, people trimming up trees in their lawns and, and you even talked about people mowing their lawn and grass. Can that stuff be used to make this compost like how could we improve upon the system that we're currently using yes all to answer your question all of that stuff can be used in the composting process it just has to be mixed in the right way but one thing that helps is to have like a curbside pickup you know so just like the city comes through and picks up the trash and recycling they can come through and pick up the compost because there's no reason that this material that has so much nutrients and is so valuable should it just go to the landfill where it doesn't really decompose. So yeah, that's one way. Another way is to have more neighborhood, local sized places. Uh, places like this that do fruit and vegetable waste, you know, previously ground tree waste, things like that. So all it is is a matter of mixing it and piling it and creating the compost out of it. So yeah, that's another thing that could happen is you have like a neighborhood scale mini compost sites and possibly even mini neighborhood farm sites or community garden sites that are possibly next to each other and feeding off of each other, so to speak. So you take the local waste, create soil, create mulch, and then you're using that for the community garden, the farm, etc. Then the waste products from harvesting, etc., are then put back into the compost facility. So that could be one way to do it where you just cookie cutter small scale facilities around mm. a large urban area. Where do y'all currently get tree debris that you use for your wood chips? Uh, they're dedicated power line contractors that just work for the power line companies. Mm -hmm. And that's all they do. They don't do residential work or anything like that. They just keep the, they're busy all year just keeping the uh, growth from taking down the power lines. Wow. But there are a lot of small scale tree trimmers and places like that too that also yeah. end up with a bunch of so tree waste. So wh what do you think they normally do with their tree waste? Or do they normally burn it? Or No, I ask them. They, go, they usually go to the dump with it. Okay. Unless they happen to be close to a facility like ours, you know, where they can dump it. But, I mean, a lot of places, they just, their go-to place is the dump, you know, just yeah. go landfill. So I was going to say, because you're here, you're able to put that to use. But right. in a lot of cities, there might not be a person like you there to take that debris, it, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So this is really important then. We need to put these types of operations into play in other cities so that we're not wasting so much. Yeah, there's a lot of elements that are being wasted. There's a lot of things that could be put together, you know. And there's a lot of food being wasted too. I mean, we receive a lot of food that's in perfectly good shape when it comes in, mm -hmm. but it just wasn't in good enough shape for a large production place to have it sit for a couple days and then go to a grocery store and sit for a couple days yeah and so they just need to get rid of it and, and make room for the new stuff you know and that's in their best interest to do that because they can't have a bunch of rotten stuff sitting around but fortunately when it comes to us it's like actually usable so there could be systems put into place where that can actually go to people who could use it but sure. the problem is with that is that it comes in in such a huge influx at completely random times mm 
that you would have to have a network in place ready to go the minute you call mm. and that's just not you know that's that kind of thing is not in place at this time so, gotcha yeah so we talked about earlier um the fact that you guys basically you're at your limit right now you're producing as much as you possibly can to keep up with demand so what are your plans for the future as far as expansion and how would you like to see your operation grow so we would like to grow the operation to a larger piece of land so we can have a larger production facility but then also do as i was saying where we have these smaller scale places dotted mm -hmm. around town you know to handle the more local small scale influx of food waste and tree waste mm -hmm. so that's how i'd like to see it you know where we have this network of organics recycling places all over the place so that they're not just one big one over here and one big one over there and you have to drive all the way across town and there's logistics issues and just keep it local you know so even if you had like a curbside pickup program for the neighborhoods that the facility served you know and then the soil produced from there can also go back to help the communities grow their own food etc what are your tips for people listening in their particular city and community how can they start implementing this slowly in their city to get this conversation started and the work started i would say start where you are and start small uh, don't bite off too much at once first start with just your food scraps if you're in a place where you can have compost or a compost bin that's a little more controlled you know for people when they're getting into it just you know put it in you want to go like one scoop let's say a shovel scoop or whatever scoop you use one scoop of food waste and four scoops of leaves something like that mm -hmm. you know you can go grab leaves from your yard the neighbor's yard there's a lot of people that put out leaves so your green so to speak waste is more like your food waste it's mm -hmm. more higher in nitrogen it has uh, higher water content and so you put a scoop of that to four scoops of leaves it's not gonna look like much at first but if you continue that you're gonna start noticing some heat in there and if you continue even more once you get close to like a cubic yard which is three feet by three feet by three feet you're going to start noticing some serious heat you know and so just keep that turned but yeah just start where you are if you're not in a place where some people are in an apartment they can't do that some people are have a yard but they have neighbors that are into them having a compost pile mm -hmm. whereas if it's managed correctly it takes care of odor issues but if you're in something like that find a facility near you and see if they have a curbside pickup program there's some places they don't have a facility but they're just haulers that's all they do is run around and pick up you pay them a fee and they come around and pick up food waste there's other people that will just call us and say hey can I come drop off my you know fruits and vegetable uh-huh I mean just find a place if there's one near you so that's that's ways that they can get started you know but I think there needs to be more of the local haulers you know that are just sure mom-and-pop places uh, smaller places that can just you know Put a net all over the, the urban area you know so all this mm -hmm. stuff is grabbed and done have something productive done with it so the main things people need to start is um, organic matter being like the fruits and vegetables mm -hmm. and leaves leaves yeah and 
wood chips and leafs, are they playing the same role or are those two different things? They're playing the same role, they're just different ratios. Okay. So just to make it easy, if you're using all leaves, which is typically what people have access to, I would use one to four ratio, food to uh, leaves. Mm -hmm. If you're using wood chips, they have a, they're much more dense, yep. obviously. So you would use like a one to three ratio. You don't need quite that high of a ratio. Mm. So one thing you can do on there is call these companies. Some of them even have on their trucks, you know, the tree trimming trucks, free wood chips. Mm. You know, they're happy to go dump something for free because it can save them a trip if they're already in your area. Mm -hmm. And also it's a free dump, whereas they have to pay at the landfill. Sure. So yeah, call up uh, tree companies that are in your area uh, or even uh, some of these larger national companies that usually are contracted by the power line companies and just ask them if you can get a load of wood chips. They'll come and dump. They're not going to dump partial loads. You're going to get like 15 cubic yards all at once. Sure. You know, something like that. Um, but it can be used for pathways, um, uh, mulch on your beds, etc. cetera. Mm. You know, it doesn't all have to be in this gigantic pile that's just waiting to go on your compost pile. Yeah. It makes great pathways for gardens, by the way. Yeah, in fact, uh, during Hurricane Harvey, we use uh, wood chips for our pathways in our gardens and really deep, you know, like six to eight inches. And so during Hurricane Harvey, when the yard flooded in the back, all the earthworms came up, because we have tons of them because we've been composting for years, um, all the worms came up and were hanging out in the wood chip pathways. So when I went out there during a break in the storm, I looked, there were millions of earthworms in the top layers of the pathways where they never are. And then after the rain, you know, after the rain stopped, 15 minutes later the yard drained because we have really good drainage due to all the you know microbes and earthworm tunnels and mm -hmm. etc and so uh, 15 minutes later they were all went back down in the soil and got back to work whereas wow. you know in a typical situation you have compacted soil concrete etc mm -hmm. all the earthworms come up because they're drowning oh. and then the Sun comes out cooks them all on the dry driveway it's just uh, you know it's kind of a waste of resources yeah extremely counterproductive yeah all right, so I just want to thank you, Danny, for taking this time Absolutely. to uh, meet you. up with us today and tell us about your operation. It's super awesome, and we want people to uh, be able to reach out to you and learn more about what you're doing here. So can you just give the people out there your contact information and let sure. them know how to reach out to you? Sure thing. So website, you can find us at farmdirtcompost.com. Instagram, we're at farmdirt. Phone number is 281-552-8119. And uh, you can also reach us by email. It's email at farmdirtcompost.com. We've shipped nationally before mm -hmm. our, our soil and compost. We stopped for a while due to post office regulations on box sizes, but we've figured out a way uh, to make it work. So we'd like to get that started again. So we're hoping to be able to ship out you know, soil and compost to people all the way across the country. Uh, right on. At, a, at a flat rate yeah. so yeah should have that on the website fairly soon so. well you heard it here definitely reach out to Danny and check out what they've got going down here in uh, Houston Texas at farm dirt because they're making some really incredible soil and compost and as we've learned today maybe it's not that hard to make so maybe we should all start making this stuff so thank you all for listening in today and thank you Danny for uh, Absolutely. for being here Thank and meeting you. with us. I we appreciate, appreciate it. it.
Yo, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you're currently involved in a local project that strengthens the links in your local food supply chain, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at wakingjustice.org and tell us about your work. And if you want to learn more about local revolutionaries making evolutionary change in their communities, find us on your favorite podcast platform or head on over to wakingjustice.org to meet the team, check out more episodes, and learn more about the project. And to become a financial supporter of this podcast and to gain access to members-only content, visit patreon.com slash wakingjustice. And remember, the real revolution builds self-reliance and community resilience. That's why the real revolution is a local revolt. You must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. Justice is rising and it ain't just us, it's all of us. If it's my love.